Welcome to episode 39. We can't start until I've got some wine. <laughs> You're listening to Midwest Vegan Radio. We're sharing all our secrets. <laughs> We're sharing all of our secrets just for you special listeners. With your hosts, Dallas. That sounds so good. And Ryan. Pass the news. Well, I guess we're back. Always back. Sooner than expected, even though it's been like two months. Sooner than expected. Well, because I thought we were going to continue with intros, but that's okay. (laughs) (sighs) I'm difficult. And? Anyway, so we're back. It's been a long time. We're sorry. Okay. We've had some technical stuff. Who are you? I'm Dallas. I'm Ryan. Elliot's over there. Hello. He is over there. He's over there. Guess who else is over there? Surprisingly. I wasn't expecting him today. We weren't. Why is that? I'm full of surprises. I I didn't know he was here. We're having a little uh, programming lineup change, if you will. Yeah, we have a new new member of our team. Our crew. We keep new members. Our platoon. What do they call a navy? A crew? Just because I like NCIS doesn't mean I know. Okay, anyway, Troy's here. Troy! Hello. Troy's been with us before. He has one time, one time. Okay, well, we'll see a lot. We'll hear a lot more of him. Troy has more than just the name Troy to his name. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't matter. We're moving on to the topic, eh? No. Don't we need to, like, properly introduce Troy? Well, Like, proper, like? Go for it. Okay, so Troy's official name is used to be Cute Troy, and then it, now it's Cute Drunk Troy, even though he's not drunk right now. So Cute Drunk Troy is over there. Not to me, it's just Troy. Okay. But, Fine. ladies, guys, or just ladies, ladies. Okay. Well, ladies, if you're single and vegan. Do we have a cute drunk Troy for you? So, today we're going to talk about how vegan is enough. Yes, because this seems to come up. And in my head, I keep seeing enough as E-N-U-F. This is what the internet has done to me. Oh, no. I know. That's horrible. It's upsetting. I wrote it down and I spelled it properly, but it is really, it's disturbing to me what's happening. Hmm. I even, in a text today, I put B and then the number four. Oh, no. I did that. Oh, no. I know. So I just... Because you can't be bothered to type out a whole text message? Like a normal person? I suppose the more normal thing to do would be to abbreviate. Obs. Obs. How do you say that? Abbreviate? Yeah. Obs. Obs. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So how vegan is enough? (laughs) E-N-O-U-G-H. Um... Well, Ryan, why don't you introduce this idea, because you're the one who wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about it because other people seem to want to talk about it, but I think that there seems to be confusion about being vegan enough. Like, if what you're doing is vegan enough. Like, most recently the issue was, if I eat, well, I think they use the term fake meat, does that make them not vegan? And this is when you say the, the most recent issue, you mean the most recent communication we've gotten from someone about the issue? Yes. Okay. What are some other examples? 
I don't know. Like, oh, if I still have a wool coat, am I vegan? If I need to take if prescription I've... medicine for a condition mm-hmm. that I have, mm-hmm. does that mean I'm not vegan? If I ever, ever eat refined white sugar that I don't know the source of, am I still vegan? Yeah. You get the idea. Yeah. So I, we... I don't understand why people have so many questions around this. Did you have questions about that? Do you ever question your veganity? Not really. But so, okay, so if we think about this, right? That's what we're talking about, so I suppose we'd be thinking about it. If we just step back and we think about this for a minute, there's the definition of veganism, right? Yeah. So, which includes the words, you know, avoiding animal products. Uh, products as far as is possible and practical, mm-hmm. right? Has so, words, yeah. and so what that tells me is that veganism is always going to be about. All it's always going to be about navigating that line, mm-hmm. finding where that line is at any given moment, on any given day, in any given situation. Yep. Right. Yep. But then there's also the potential for that, because it is not a finite kind of absolute. Defi- you know, definition, and there is that wiggle room in there, there is always the uh, possibility that somebody can point a finger and say, you're not vegan enough, or you're not, you're not really vegan because X. Who's walking around doing that? Assholes. I mean, we do that. We do that when people say, oh, I ate some cheese. Yes. Well, that's not fucking vegan. Do you want to hear about a new term I learned? Yes. Segan. Yeah. Uh, like freegan? Segan, like vegan. But segan, like they eat the sea life. That's not even vegetarian. I know. So, but that's what I'm saying is that I think that they're all of these kind of diluted. So they don't eat dairy or eggs. They just eat like chicken of the sea? Yeah, sea kittens, according to PETA. <laughs> Okay. But so okay, so maybe that is part of why people have confusion around it is because there's so many other people who've been appropriating the term, or people who call themselves vegan who only eat products that are not animal derived, but they still wear animal products. Or, but that's a that's a whole foods plant based diet that's not vegan. I know, but I'm what I'm saying is that I'm wondering. I mean, I I do see that there is a problem with with the the actual word being used inappropriately on a regular basis. It's like when we talked about, did we talk about this on the show or did we just talk about this? Maybe I just thought it in my head. But we talked, I think we talked about veganism being being more than a diet or a lifestyle, but veganism being a value system. Well, sure, let's come up. Belief, you know, a, a set of beliefs and ideology. Yeah. And so... It, and it, it, veganism really isn't about food. No, it's not. It's not about food at all. Well, not, well, I can't say it's not about food at all, but I mean, the, what veganism is, is your veganism is expressed as a food issue though. What? Like it currently presents. No, it, it most commonly presents in that way because food is kind of like the biggest. It does. Like you're not wearing a lot of presumably leather or wool in the summer. Like and you're always eating food. So that's... Yep. You're not always 
going to the zoo or always going yep. to activities that aren't vegan, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, the food is a daily thing. It's a big part of how veganism is expressed. Yes. But that it, that doesn't mean that that's what veganism is about. Correct. So, anyway, when people... We've, we just have gotten questions from various listeners about vegan their vegan status. And we essentially... I think that what I have to say on it is that part of it has to do with intention. You know, like you can do... You, you need to be able... You need to commit as a vegan to doing the best you can with the information you have. Right. Right. Part of it is seeking out information if you don't have the answer. Like mm-hmm. not just saying, oh, well, I don't know that these cookies at this party aren't vegan, so I'm just going to remain willfully ignorant. And- oh, God. Like that place we were recently with that guy. We were setting up for an event and there happened to be brownies there that most certainly were not vegan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For Pete's sake. Yeah. Well... So, you know, I mean, I, I, I would say, you know, erring on the side of caution is part of mm-hmm. vegan living day to day. But what else? I mean, what else is there to say? I, I don't think that just because somebody likes veggie burgers that taste like not veggie burgers, that that means that they're not vegan enough at all. No. But I, what I want to know is why people, where people are getting this from. I guess I never, in the years of my veganism, I've never really wondered if I was vegan enough. Well, okay. So here's the, here's what I tell people when I'm talking to them about veganism and I, you know, like I'm tabling or something and somebody says, oh, I could never be vegan. I like steak too much or whatever i don't know steak is a bad example but i like i like burgers too much because there's not a really easy there's not a real great vegan version of steak as far as i know okay fair so but you know they'll say oh i like i like ice cream too much there that's a good one Mm -hmm. and i'll say well the thing is like there's there's nothing wrong with the taste of ice cream Right. right there's nothing inherently wrong with that what what i have a problem with as a vegan is the violence that is behind the, you know, that's, that's inherently linked to the, to the, you know, the exploitation of the cows and all of that to get, to make ice cream. So there are all kinds of other vegan versions of ice cream that are made from soy or coconut or almond or rice that are amazing and wonderful and taste great. And so I choose those kinds instead because it's not the taste. It's not the texture. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. It's the violence. That's the problem. So I, I'm totally fine. You know, I think that I've got a sticker on my water bottle that says fake meat saves lives. It's from mm-hmm. Food Fight Grocery. I have that very sticker on my computer. Yes. And I think it's true. I mean, if you can satisfy the taste buds of people with a cruelty-free version mm-hmm. of something that otherwise wouldn't be, do it. So we're saying no, we're putting the stamp of no on this just because you like the taste of meat doesn't mean you're not vegan enough. Right. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. Okay. Do you agree, Troy? Yes. Okay. 
What I want to know, though, still, is where do people get this idea? Troy, do you ever think you're not vegan enough? Do you ever question your veganity? I question a lot of things constantly. <laughs> <clears throat> but that has more to do with being better. Like a better person, or a better vegan, or a better steward of the environment. Sure. So I see like a baseline you are vegan but you can still do more right that's like, how i see like it dallas. like dallas's existence on the planet yeah mm-hmm. like the green challenge yep i pretty much fell into a major depressive funk last night over this exact thing oh no i'm still there what yeah i just i never feel like i'm doing enough or the right thing well, or whatever so yeah i mean there's there is that kind of constant that, you know, constant um, feeling like when uh, living in an imperfect world, you can all, there's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, no matter like how hard you try or how hard you're working at something, there's always room for improvement. And then that makes it difficult to judge where it makes it difficult to determine whether or not a person is slacking if you can always do better. So, you know, I like, I worry that I slack out too much and. Because I see all these ways that I could be doing a better job or be, a, you know, a better person or a better animal activist or whatever. And yet, I don't know. It just makes it tough because I do work hard at it. So, but I don't think that just saying that you're working hard at it is, a, is an excuse enough. Like for somebody who, for ex- bringing it back to food, for example, somebody who says, um, you know, they're they're trying hard to be vegan, but they just like cheese too much. To me, that's not a good enough excuse. Right. But then that's not vegan. Right. So then that's not vegan. So like, but but also as a vegan, there's always, you can generally always go further with it. Like, am I, am I advocating enough? Or in the right way? Or effectively enough? Nothing that anybody ever does then is good enough, ever. And so, then, why not just kill yourself? But then, if you killed yourself, then you would probably end up killing microorganisms in your body, and then are you not vegan enough? No. Do you understand where I'm going with this? Like, you can't... Like, if you're constantly focusing on what's not good enough, or what's not enough. Yeah. But I, I think that that argument can in the wrong hands can be used as an excuse to not try at all. So what's the magic level of trying then? That's what veganism is about. Figuring out that as far as possible and practical. But that's different for and everybody. everybody. Yeah, and everybody has to figure out where that level of possible, you know, possibleness and practicalness is for them in any given situation. So I guess, you know, yeah, I feel like they're I don't know what I'm trying to say I wonder exactly. if it's more like a validity thing. Like, people are just looking to, I don't know, people need to compare themselves to other people, and even amongst vegan peers, people want to mm-hmm. see where they are in comparison to other people, so they're yep. using other people as a barometer for their veganness. When really what they should be doing is trying 
trying to do the best they can and looking at themselves and not worrying about what other people are doing. Yes, no, maybe. Well, but I also think that that isn't, I think that that can be dangerous too, because then what's the point in doing any advocacy at all? If you're only looking at yourself and where you're at. How is that? That'll tie into the um, Astro Plane Cat email later, but. The whole idea that like, well, you know, we're all on our own, our own path, our own journey. So only be concerned with where you are and try to do the best that you can. And don't worry about where other people are on their path because it's their path. No, what I'm saying is don't worry about where you are in relation to other people. Yes. Okay. Got it. Because by your standards, not by your standards, but how people perceive you, mm -hmm. nobody's vegan enough compared to you. And not that you say that about other people, not that you feel that way, but... Are you talking about me personally? Yes, you personally. Because of, because it's your job and it's, you care about it so much and it's so, such a big part of your life. That for other people who it's not as much part of their lives, they could feel like they're not vegan enough compared to you. Oh, they could feel that way. Right. I hope most people don't. I don't know. I can only speak for myself. Yes. But you see what I'm saying, though? Well, I've been, I've absolutely, apparently been accused of not being vegan enough. By whom? I can't say. But it's gotten back around to me that there are a bunch of people that think that I'm not vegan enough. So, or that I'm not really... I'm not really authentic or something because of the, because I use the example of buying my car and it has a leather steering wheel, supposedly, at least that's what it said on the thing. <sighs> and, um, you know, so I was talking about that and about putting this in and weighing whether or not to do this and the decision involved and all the whole, the whole thing. And there were a lot of things about buying a car that for that were pros and cons and whatnot. I'm not, I'm not actually not even really concerned convinced that it's really a leather steering wheel cover and I don't think it really is I think that it just said that in the pamphlet but mm -hmm. um but you know I took it way as far as I could up the corporate ladder in this car company and so I've used that story a few times to kind of illustrate like where somebody draws the line and um it's been gotten back to me that there's a fair number of people that think that that's pretty much bullshit and I shouldn't I should not have done that and I shouldn't be using it as an example and that I'm not really vegan enough or a good enough animal person and kind of a fraud because of it. You fraud. So, you know, that's, it is kind well, of Well, this tough. show's done. Forget it. Yeah. It's uh, Midwest Vegan Radio and Dallas Who's a Fraud Radio. <laughs> what does that make me? So, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean... Does it is does it speak ill of me that I went ahead and, you know, I did all of these things that I thought, you know, like I tried to figure out if there was a way that I could get this changed for my car. I would have preferred to get it changed in the company overall, but I didn't have a whole lot of level of power. And so I just I would decided to go forward with buying this vehicle even so. And I did not have any like identity crisis about whether or not I was being vegan enough. I had a problem. Like I didn't, I didn't like that, mm -hmm. but I, I waited and looked at it and thought about it and talked it over with my husband. Who's also vegan. We, you know, 
we made the decision to go forward. But then I, you know, then it, I am being judged by other people for having made that decision. But this is what I'm talking about. So with people. So the people that are judging you for not being vegan enough for the potential of leather of your steering wheel, which you didn't necessarily have a choice in if you're going to have a car. Well, a car from that company. Okay, well, so do they only walk then? And do they only walk on grass? Well, but I I paid for this Sure, knowingly. but do they not have jobs that have taxes taken out for that go to roads? Yeah, but that's not necessarily a choice. That's kind of something that you well, need sure to Well, sure it is, because they could order. live off the grid. Yeah. Or they could go somewhere where their taxes don't go to that. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess the way that I think of veganism increasingly now is that I think about it in terms of veganism being a, a, a resisting of participating in systems that abuse power. That, you know, abusive power systems. Does that make sense? Help me explain this. Um, so, you know, vegan, and primarily that's about animals and animal, human beings exploiting animals. But there are also other systems that, you know, where workers are exploited, for example, for, Mm -hmm. you know, there are other companies I could have gone, you know, gotten a car from that the workers wouldn't have been paid a fair wage or gotten vacation time or been, you know, given a decent working day, mm-hmm. um, you know, like expected to work really long hours or something. Um, there are also environmental costs too to consider as well in any vehicle, you're going to have negative environmental costs, mm-hmm. but there are degrees within that. So needing to look at that, um, you know, needing to look at, I guess, safety issues because I want a car that's relatively safe to keep me alive so that I can continue to work for animals and be a mom to my boys. Um, so, you know, there are all these different factors to consider. And when I looked at the different companies, like I felt like in general, this one did a better job. Um, overall, even though I could have gone to a different company that didn't treat their workers as well and didn't have as good environmental impact, Mm -hmm. but I could have gotten a steering wheel made of plastic. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's kind of, you have to, you have to consider, I think that being vegan means that you need to be more thoughtful about your choices in every regard, really. Um, And I feel like yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I absolutely made a concession. I absolutely did. But I kind of wonder, like, well... I guess, like, this is a little OT. I mean, it is OT, but it's also OT. It's on topic and off topic. But I heard that a lot of... And this isn't, like, resting on your ignorance, but I've heard that a lot of leather that's used in cars, especially not, like high-end luxury cars isn't really animal skin because it is not durable enough. Yeah. And I would think that a steering wheel that you are always touching, yep. I mean, that's not even a seat. I if know. you're constantly touching that. And, you know, and I look, and I've looked at it 
and I've smelled it and like tried to pull parts of it up and all this. And I really don't even think that it is, but it was listed as such. And I tried to get to the bottom of that. And, you know, I made a big deal out of it and everything. Um, but I just, I felt like, okay, well, me being who I am and trying to be as best an example resource person as I can be, I thought that it might be good for me to bring, bring up that issue. So, you know, if I actually did pay for something labeled leather, believing that there was a decent chance that it could be, that's, I mean, that, is that the bottom line or is that not the bottom line? Or are there more things that be, can be considered in there? Like I decided that I felt like there were more more issues that needed to be taken into consideration mm-hmm. because that's not, it's pretty complex. Um, just like I believe with, uh, you know, medications for mm-hmm. whatever, if, you know, when I had pneumonia or for mental health, you know, reasons or whatever, somebody somebody has diabetes and has to take insulin. Like there's a lot of different reasons that somebody could need a medication. Mm-hmm. And to me, I don't, I don't think that it's, I think that I can do more good by being relatively healthy and functional than I can by, you know, of saying I'm not going to take a prescription medication and remaining, you know, pure in that, in that one instance pure well you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i don't know do you think vegan purity is a social construct like virginity no okay no you sound like college <laughs> you sound like enuf college <laughs> what was that a sentence you sound like college. Yeah, I mean, do you think that veganism is a social construct? Vegan purity. Vegan purity is a social construct. I don't know, it just sounded like a really smart question, and I didn't know what to do with it. So I said you sound like college. Thoughts? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? It's a social construct. Yes! I want to know about virginity. What do you mean? Tell me about that, and then I'll... Well, it only, I mean, it's not an actual thing. Like, it doesn't really exist, right? Like, we've kind of invented it as a society. I mean, there isn't a definite, I mean, I don't know. It only exists for the purpose that it serves in our society. But it obviously has nothing to do with the hymen. Otherwise, all men would be virgins even after they've had intercourse. So, like, it exists for the purpose that it serves. Well, I think Society, a lot of but things... But it doesn't really would... exist. It's not actually a, a thing. Okay. A tangible thing? Well, there are plenty of things that aren't tangible things. Like, you can... Like, racism exists, and you can see it. You can experience it. But it's different. But, like, virginity doesn't really exist. Right? I guess so. Maybe, so, yeah, I think... I think purity that purity doesn't really exist. Uh, yes, I believe it's you. It's like a... I agree with you. ...thing that we've kind of made into something, or some people have made into this 
thing of importance. Like the time I was in cooking class and some girl came in and was like, is this refined white sugar? And, oh yeah, and she left. And she left. And it ended up being vegan sugar, but it was just like, oh, I guess you're more punk than everybody else. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, so let's hear your feedback, people. Yeah. Let's hear what you have to say. But should we be ruling on all these things then? You and I? The Dallas and Ryan show. Where's our ruling? Is this couch suede? No, it's not. Okay. This well, is microfiber. Were it, would I still be vegan, technically, for continuing to own a couch that I had before I was vegan? Or would I not be vegan anymore? You would be vegan. That's okay. my ruling. Okay. The couch would be pregan. <laughs> pregan. Not to be confused with vegan or segan. Right. Or freegan. Pregan. We're full of them, folks. Okay. So we've decided medications. Okay. Pregan. Okay. Yeah, as long as you're phasing them out. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not actively trying to phase out my couch, but is that more of a waste? Your couch is vegan. I know, but were it not? Like the coats that I have that are still wool. Yeah. I don't need to replace them. So then what do I do with them? And is it more of a waste? Just next time next time you buy something, just have it be vegan. Oh, should I? Really? That's what I say. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make me less vegan to have things. And there doesn't, there's not a definitive phasing out period, right? Like, I'm not kicked out of the club if I don't right. get rid of all my things in X yeah. number of years. Right. Okay. That's what I say. Okay, good. Product review. Product review. We're gonna do a product review. Yeah! <laughs> cool. So we're gonna talk about Pow Bob. Is that like... What was it? Bob Loblaw's Loblog? Yeah. <laughs> is that one and the same? Yeah. If, did you read Bob Loblaw's Law Blog and he was talking about Paul Bob? <laughs> I, Bob I don't Law think Law he was. Law Blog re Paul Bob. Oh, awesome. <sighs> okay. Um, so what what is Paul Bob? You ask. Paul Bob is Paul Bob. Did you want me to ask? Superfood power is what it is. Um, Superfruit chews. And they're all good for immunity strength. They're high in antioxidants. They have 100% daily dose of vitamin C and E. They're a good source of vitamin A. Oh, I love vitamin A. It's my favorite. It's your favorite vitamin? Mm -hmm. My favorite favorite Uh vitamin is B12. Is it? Yeah. My favorite's A because it's right at the beginning. I like it when I play bingo and they call out B12. <laughs> I get 12 really excited. Under the B, is it? What? Is 12 under the B? Yeah. Oh. At least in the version that we play at my husband's grandma's house on Christmas. Okay. <laughs> but. Um, and I always look for the card that has, B, that has the 12 under the B because that's my lucky card. 750 milligrams of Rao Baobab fruit. 
per chew. What? Raw bao ba? What? Raw bao bob contains raw, unprocessed whole fruit and other natural ingredients. So, bao bob is not and, the same as pow bob. No, this is it's different. Pow bob is the product, and bao bob is an ancient superfruit. Is it like chia seeds, like the Aztec superfood? Uh, no, chia seeds are Aztec power. Baobab is an ancient superfood from Africa. And some baobab trees are over a thousand years old. Isn't that crazy? I can't even imagine. You can't imagine a thousand years? A thousand year old tree? That's so cool. Are Um, redwoods that old? I don't know. San Fran? I've never been able to see them. So they have historical, nutritional, and medicinal usages by Africans and Egyptians. What about white people? um, I guess white people are just now getting it in the form of baobab. European folk. Baobab is bringing that to us. Thank goodness. What did we ever do? Baobab fruit pulp is sustainably harvested. Are white people good for anything? I think so. Let's not make this product review potentially contaminated by anything racially um, controversial, because they might not like that. Fine. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyway, so the baobab fruit is really, really great in terms of antioxidants, and they're great for immunity, like I said, and slowing oxidative damage. Hey, smart lady, about nutrition, what's oxidative damage? I don't know, but I bet it has something to do with free radicals. Free radicals. Well, I mean, I imagine, like, your skin and your cells need Whenever I hear free radicals, I think about that song, like, One more time, we got the dreamer's disease. Isn't that by the new new radicals? I don't know. He's too young. I'm too young. He's not that much younger than us. In terms of pop music, he's too young. This You're is... like, aren't you like four years younger than us? That's it? Yeah. Yep, but apparently that's enough. That's too enough young. in pop years. You didn't even know Snoop Dogg today. I recognized one Snoop Dogg song, and now we can't keep on track, man. When are we ever on track? Organic baobab fruit pulp is naturally 50% fiber. It's pretty cool. Neat. What does it look like? The baobab fruit? Um, yes. You know, <laughs> I'll give you the picture. You can you can describe that if you well, want to. Well, wing it over at me. Um, or wing you it. could look it up online and, and show about yeah, that. But- but anyway, when I first tried this thing, so they're, they're chews, right? So they're all they're wrapped up individually, mm-hmm. and you kind of open them up like a like a like a mamba, or a, a starburst sort of candy. Now and later, okay, you unwrap it, yeah, yeah, and it's got that consistency of the chewiness, yes, right, yes. Um, and so I thought that was good. I like that consistency. It's kind of like candy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really intense, really intense flavor. Yeah. And so at first I was like, oh, it's a candy. And then afterward I thought, oh, I just ate something really, really healthy. Because it didn't taste like candy anymore. It kind of tasted like... Health. Health. (laughs) Intense health. It was a little sour, a little bitter, a little tart. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But I like the flavor a lot. Yeah, I mean it's it's this baobab thing and then pomegranate and acai berry, and they it tastes like acai. Yeah, they are fair trade. There's no salt, no synthetic flavors, no preservatives, no gluten, no soy, no nuts. They're vegan. So um, they recommend taking one chew a day. They're 20 calories. And yeah, again, lots of vitamin A, C, and E. And yeah, that's, that's what I have to say about it. They're sweetened with stevia. Yum. For those who want to know. Do you want to see this? And also, if you want to know, stevia does not affect your glycemic index or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, stevia is safe for... Diabetics? Yes. I was going to say folks of the diabetic persuasion. <laughs> if that's something you're afflicted with. I, I don't think that people with diabetes actually want to be persuaded by diabetes at all, but they have to be. Okay. Well, the point is, stevia seems to be... a Pretty right. safe. Yep. Calorie-free sweetener that doesn't affect... Right. Do you want to describe what that fruit looks like, if you're curious? You can also Google it, people. Well, it looks like pomegranate. Like a big yellowish-white pomegranate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it looks like if you were to open up a pomegranate and it has a bunch of like funny little things in it, that's... Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't really know where you can get these, though. Internets? The internet. But I would recommend trying them. Trying, try it for your own self. Yeah, your own self. See what you think. Yeah. You didn't read all this, though. Well, I, you were saying a lot of things. I tried to stop you from going off on a race tangent, and then there was Snoop Dogg. <laughs> So I, I tried to just pick out the highlights. Okay, I'm just seeing something on the package about two and a quarter of tomatoes and two and a half cups of spinach and half an orange. Yep, that's how many antioxidants. I guess there's more antioxidants in one of these little chews than all those things put together. That's my guess. Hmm. 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 All right. Okay. Shall we go on to the green challenge? Do let's. It's time for the green challenge. Green challenge. Green challenge. There's no gloves. There's no swords. No white suits. Uh Uh-uh. It's just green challenge. You're just doing the earth a solid. All right, the green challenge. It's been a long time. Yeah, no white suits. No white suits. Not even linen. Nope. None. (laughs) Nope. Is that what they're made out of? The white suits for... No, I don't think so. I was just thinking of of a different kind of white suit. Not like a, not a fencing suit, but a different kind. Just kind of a white linen suit on the beach. Like a swimsuit? No. Like slacks and a jacket. Troy, do you wear slacks and a jacket to the beach? White linen slacks and jackets? Well, white is a cool color to wear to the beach. So, yes. Yes, yes I and do. And then do people say to you, take off your pants and jacket? <laughs> Do you want to learn how you can help save the world? I'll tell you if you are interested. Okay, so the the green challenge. Now, sounds like you're going to get serious on us. I kind of feel like this. (laughs) 
You know how I am. I make everything into a big, serious... Any decision that is to be made, I have to think about it and what kind of impact it's going to make, right? We've met. We have met. So... I know these things. This is how Dallas turns figuring out what to do about a shower curtain liner into a big environmental conundrum. (laughs) I'm intrigued. So, okay. Shower curtain liners. There are, they're often made of plastic, right? They're three bucks at Target. Those are probably not the good ones. If they're three bucks. They smell funny. Yeah. So. Can you just wash them? That's what I do. That's amazing if you can do that and it helps. I don't know what's up with my Minneapolis water, but I tried scrubbing and washing and yeah, I I was like in the shower with a scrub brush and it was just, it was not working out so well. I mean, I I did, I think in seven years I've bought three. What if you just install doors? I can't because I have a beautiful pedestal tub. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can't. No. So, anyway, shower curtain liners. Here's what I learned about it. If you are going to go with any kind of plastic, do not get pla- go with a PVC-free shower mm-hmm. curtain liner, if you can. But even better than doing that, because I don't really want to be buying plastic if I don't need to, um, I decided to experiment, and I bought a cotton shower curtain, and then I hemmed it, so that it was a little bit shorter. And then I just keep it inside the tub. And it actually works just fine. None of the water goes splashing out. I can toss it in the washing machine. So there's no plastic oh, at all. Yeah, so okay. it's just keeping the cloth inside the tub yeah, instead. Okay. And then, you know, I shake it out a little bit. Because I was going to say, doesn't it get like moldy and stuff? Yes, it can, but you can just toss that mm-hmm. should be able to be washed out. Mm-hmm. But with the plastic ones, when I stuck it in the washing machine and stuff, it just didn't, the plastic couldn't go through. Or, I mean, the water couldn't go through the plastic, you know, that was right. not porous. Right. And I don't know. like Which I, is the point of having one. Right. And so usually like the thing that I would, I would think to do is like toss some rice in there or something to help. <laughs> but I wasn't going to toss rice in my water. <laughs> Apparently, this doesn't make sense to you guys because you're both making, looking at me like I'm nuts. But I mean, for no, something we're ab- at each other like you're nuts. We're not looking <laughs> something at you. We're abrasive. Looking at you like we just keep talking, Dallas. Keep talking. Keep talking. And then we're making funny faces at each other about you. That's what's happening. What I'm saying is that if you get something stuck and it's like grimy, right? If you're not going to scrub and be a, a, use something abrasive on it directly, just putting that in a washing machine and having it like jiggle around with some soap is not going to get it clean at least it didn't for me what are you looking what talk to me we're just making faces at each other oh my god anyway what i'm saying is that you don't have to have shower curtains made of plastic at all you can have them made of cotton if you want and that works fine i have a plastic and a cotton shower curtain with little fleur-de-lis on it i know and it's pretty and, but usually people put the, the cloth ones outside as a decoration. My old shower saying, curtain looked like it to. was giant saggy boobs. <laughs> That's what it looked like. The pattern looked like giant boobs of sagginess, of the saggy variety. Of the saggy variety. Uh-huh. Great. I do, I have a, I have a thing. I see patterns and like I see things in patterns and giant saggy boobs is what I saw in the pattern on my shower curtain. Mm-hmm. So Troy, tell us about your shower curtain 
or lack of? Um, I have a shower liner and a shower curtain. It has polka dots on it. Yeah? They're green, blue, and other colors. Huh. And other colors. I like it. I like it. And the rest is semi-transparent. Hmm. You know, you strike me as the kind of person that would have, like, a map shower curtain. A map? Yeah. I don't, but I do like geography. (laughs) Okay. Troy, I think you're my favorite enigma wrapped in a puzzle wrapped in an enigma. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, anyway, so the challenge is just... I don't know. Think about doing cloth next time. See if you can omit the plastic if you need to replace it. See what happens. And if, if it doesn't work out, hand. you can always go get a PVC-free shower curtain liner and stick it on. But And if you want your shower, your cotton shower curtain hemmed, Dallas will do that for you for free. How Just are, show up at our door. You're volunteering? I'll give you the address. <laughs> Great. I suppose I could. If it helps, right? Yep. If it helps. Okay, are we ready for shout-outs? Yes. Shout-out! Shout out. All right. Shouting out. The first shout-out we wanted to do was to Troy. What's up, Troy? Ooh! <laughs> Shouting out, thank you for recording for us. And so, so, do we need an explanation here? You As to Troy's presence? You, Other than he's want. cute, drunk Troy? No, go for it. But right now he's not drunk Troy, he's just cute Troy. Which he always is. Occasionally, cute drunk Troy. What else do you need to say? Um, so Elliot is busy, er, than usual. He was so busy he had to leave in the middle of this recording, so he's gone now. He's gone. He's gone. So thankfully, we have cute drunk Troy to help us with our production because we just can't do this. No, it's we not happening. Ourselves. We just can't focus that much on anything. So we're glad Troy's here. Yeah. I am you. anyway. I can't speak for Dallas. I've said I am. I can't speak for Troy. Troy, you are you glad listen. to be here? Uh, yes, I am. We're Is all... that because we gave you cookies? And by we, I mean Dallas? <laughs> we're all in agreement. And Elliot. Yeah, we out shout out to Elliot. Yep. He's not here anymore. Hey, Elliot. To be shouted too, but. What's up? Thank you for all of your help over like 39 episodes. And probably more. And probably more. We've not seen the end of Elliot. No, I'm sure. But, you know. You know. He's local. And, you know, he's a friend. So chances are we've not seen the end of him. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I mean, that's something. That is something to acknowledge and be thankful for. We did 39 episodes we saw him through. Mm -hmm. He saw us through. That's a lot of time. That man has the patience of a saint. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes yes he do Troy how's your patience he's pretty darn patient pretty oh. good it can also be enhanced with alcohol so yeah. yes um, and I want to shout out to Selena Holmbaka in Finland cause it's so awesome we have a listener in Finland what up Selena I told Finland. her that that would make my husband really happy because he likes metal music from there and she commented on the metal from Sweden Finland. Finland. Yeah. Same so. thing. 
So yes. Probably not the same thing at all, huh? Thank you, thank you. Um, which is really, really cool. I'm going to shout out to Five Star. Nobody else knows what that means? Other people know what that means. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Anyone you want to shout out to, Troy? No. You don't want to say hi to your mom? God? Anybody? Your um, agent? I could say hi to people that exist. That would include my mom, not the other nouns that followed it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hi, mom. This will be in about, I don't know, a year when I force you to listen to this. I don't know. It's the thought that counts. It is. Yep. So, cool. I think we are done Do for this episode. So? Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it. Calling it. You're not the boss. Troy's the the boss now. So Troy gets to call it. Or not call it. That's dangerous. Why is that dangerous? I think we need to... Because we're the ones who are doing the talking, mostly. I mean, we can call the show. He can keep recording nothing if he wants to. But I've called the show. Okay, fine. Bye. That's it. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Terrible. Terrible.